0: And I will read from verse 1 to verse 4. Revelation 19 from verse 1 to 4. It says, And after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven, saying, Alleluia! Salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he had judged the great war which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and had avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Hallelujah. And her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne. Saying, "Amen, Hallelujah." There is a song that says, "Amen, Hallelujah, glory be to God." Immanuel, Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God, Emmanuel. The four and twenty elders bowed down and they worshipped him and they said, Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to Understand this morning that worship is the environment of God. Worship is the environment that God dwells in. Worship is the culture, the nature, and the embodiment of God. Worship is not about the actions of God. Worship is not about what God is doing or what God is not doing. Worship is the nature. is the culture. You know what we call organizational culture? Worship is the culture of heaven. Worship is the environment where God dwells. The 24 elders, all they do is to worship God day and night. And they don't need anything from God. They have every, I mean, in heaven you don't need anything. So, they are not worshiping God because they need money. They are not worshiping God because they need healing. They are not worshipping God because they need a husband or a wife or children. They are not worshipping God because a ha- they need a house they will live in. They are just worshipping God because worship is the environment where God dwells. There is a way you create an enabling environment. There is a way you create a An enabling environment that is conducive for certain things to happen. Even you as a human being, there are certain places you enter and you will know that this is not a conducive environment for me. And you will come out. And there are places you step into, you can't see it, you can't touch it, but you can feel it. One of the easiest way of creating an enabling environment for God is the atmosphere of worship. And you see don't worship when you get into trouble. Worship before you get into trouble. (laughs) In fact, worship so that you don't get into trouble, make worship a lifestyle, make worship an attitude. I told you sometimes ago, I was traveling, to, you know, several years, we, we didn't have direct flight then from. From um, Atlanta to Lagos, we used to go through Europe, and so I got into into Europe. I think France. I, I feel through France, I believe. I got into France, and I'm 5:30 a.m. in the morning. And the flight to Lagos was going to be around 11 a.m. So there was a lot of time. So at the at the lounge, as the executive lounge, I think I was maybe the first person that got there very early, 5:30 in the morning. Maybe one or two people were there, so it was very quiet. And I just went into one, one corner there to do my devotion. And I spent time worshipping God. worship, And there was this awesome environment of God around me. I could just feel myself in, in, the, in the environment of heaven. And under that atmosphere, God began to speak to me. He showed me what was going to happen in Lagos. You know, the meeting I was going for. And by the time I finished that, you know, morning devotion, you know, intense worship, when it was time for us to board, I went and board. And we boarded, and like three, four hours into the flight, there was this storm. I have never experienced it before. That intense, and I have never experienced it again uh, after that. I mean, the overhead bin were flying, you know, flying, opening, you know, hand luggages were being thrown up and down. You know, the, the, the air hostesses, all of them were falling trays, food trays. Everybody was screaming and before, from one storm to another, from one storm to another, people were throwing up and passing out. It was not a joke. I've never seen that in my life. But truthfully, without pretense, I'm not trying to pretend. I was looking for fear. I couldn't find. See because I want to be normal too. I don't want all of them to think I'm an abnormal person. (laughs) I wanted to show little emotion of fear. I couldn't find it. Because there was a dimension of his presence. That came on me. While I was in the lounge. And when you carry and you command a dimension of the presence of God, nothing becomes normal about you in this place. I felt something was wrong with me. Honestly. Because I was trying to, I was trying hard to be afraid. to show some emotion that something is, is going wrong. There was, no, there was no, no drive to pray. There was nothing. I was just joyful. And I was looking, I was looking at so many thoughts were going through my head that if this fl- plane goes down, I was imagining what is going to happen. Maybe this is the part of the plane that will cut off and I'll just be on it. And it would be floating on the sea. I was, you know, I was imagining CNN will come and and they'll be interviewing me. How did you survive the air crash? Those were the thoughts that were going on in my head. You know, the book I will probably write, testimonies I will give, those were the thoughts that were going on. There was no thought anywhere in me about dying or perishing. And I was not making it up. I kid you not. I was not making it up. And then somebody came to me and said, do you understand English? I said, <laughs> I said, I, I understand English. He said, did you hear what the, what the captain is saying? I said, yes, I heard what the captain is saying. He said, so wh- why are you not troubled? Because they watched me for, 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 for a while. So the thought of the man is that I didn't hear what the man was saying. But even if you don't hear what the man is saying, can't you see what is going on around you? But there is, there is a dimension of God that comes on you when you begin to worship him. You don't know how much of God is in you until you begin to worship. You see, it is the environment and the atmosphere you create that suppresses his presence. That is what incapacitates him from expressing himself in you and through you. You see, 5 a.m. in the morning, I got a call from my wife on a Friday. And I left, I think I left home the day before you know, to Abuja, which is the capital of the country. And so, 5 a.m., I saw his, her call. I said, this is not normal. She doesn't call me 5 a.m. in the morning. And I pick up the phone and I was just hearing noise in the background. Daniel, come back. You cannot go like that. Daniel. I, what's, what's going on? Where's Daniel going that everybody is screaming, come back. We still spoke last night. I mean, he was not sick. He was, you know, nothing was wrong with him. So, the, the, my wife told me that, you know, wh- what happened and all of that. I said, okay, rush him to the hospital. And, you know, naturally, the first thing I, I, I did was begin to threaten God. I said, God, Daniel must not die. If he died, this is what is going to happen. This is what is going to happen. I was just threatening God. And the, the more I was tra- threatening God, <laughs> the more blank I went. But suddenly, the Holy Spirit just helped me to recover myself. And I just lifted up my hands. And I just began to worship him. I said you are the most high God. There is nobody like you. You are too good. You are too faithful. And I began to and as I began to worship him I heard his voice. And he said, I have returned him back to you, even though he's in my bosom, and I will have kept him. You go to Lagos and receive him. See, the easiest way to overcome is by worshiping him. When I had that, my peace returned back me. Look, I don't know what you are going through or what you have gone through. I want you to know that God is a good God. So I, 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 I flew down to Lagos and when I got to Lagos to the hospital, I met his dead body. They just, you know, waited for me before they packed him. They just wanted me to come. But when God told me, I have sent him back to you, I told the people, don't pack him up yet. Get him back to, uh, to the ER. And just continue. Just try to resuscitate him. And I began to call him back. And I began to call him back. Because in an atmosphere of worship, I had a voice. Yeah. And after about 30 to 45 minutes of calling him back, all of us in the ER you know, room saw his life come back to him, literally, in our eyes like this. And he began to breathe again. And the heart was pumping again. Everybody screamed for joy. And, you know, quickly they put him back on life support and all of that. Right there in our, in our eyes. But because, you know, a portion of his brain has been damaged, you know, his, uh, the vein in the brain busted. That was what happened. So he was, you know, he was not conscious, you know. And he was in that state for a day or two. And I told him, look, just give me time to spend with him. And I went in there again because I knew what worked the first time, and I began to worship God. And I began to worship God. Of course, I called you know all my friends, men of God, all of they were already praying and all of that. And suddenly, in that under that atmosphere of worship, a scripture pumped up in my spirit because I kept talking to Him come back fully, God said he has returned you. A scripture popped up in my spirit and when I went and checked it, he was saying that, you know, when I, if I come back, I will not be useful to you. I will not be useful to myself. But where I am, I'm profitable to God and I'm profitable to you. And the Holy Spirit told me that if he comes back, he will not be a normal person. He will not be the same. So I went back to God. I stopped talking to him. I went back now. Worship God some more. And I began to talk to God. I said God. But the Bible says you are the God of all flesh. And there's nothing you cannot do. Daniel has responded back to me. That he's in glory. And if he comes back. He will not be normal. He will not be profitable to me or to himself. If I can extract commitment from you the God of all flesh that you will make him whole if he comes back I will go back and convince him to come and God said to me but you were not supposed to have him more than three days you've had him for 15 years and don't forget that you are not the only stakeholder in this matter people of God God is a good God. You see, I have forgotten that when we had him, he was diagnosed with what we call vein of galling. Here in the medical. And the doctor looked at me and said, I'm sorry. I said, what happened? He said, he cannot live more than three days. He couldn't breathe. The heart was not working. Nothing was working. Of course, they put life support in his mouth. And God gave us a word and we began to put the word on him. He could not suck, he could not feed, he could not do anything. They pass food through his nostrils into his stomach. It will not digest. In fact, the doctor told us that after three days, if we keep passing food like this, and after three days, it does not digest, we don't need your signature again before we remove the life support. Because they asked me to sign so that they remove the life support. I said, no, I won't sign. And they told me after three days, if the food does not digest, will remove the life support and packing by law. And on the third day in the morning when they were supposed to draw out the quantity of the food in his stomach to see if it is still the same or not they t- tried to draw it out and there was no food. It has digested. So the food started digesting the third day in the morning. That was why they kept the life support there. And after f- seven days he started breathing on his own. And after about 10-12 days, the heart was functioning normally, beating normally. And things began to work. And then they told me that we don't understand what has happened, but we're going to send you home. But after three months, this is what's going to happen. After six months, this is what's going to happen. And after nine months, he will become a vegetable. So we took him back after three months. They checked, nothing happened. We took him back after six months. We checked, nothing happens. We took him back after nine months. We checked. Nothing happened. And they told us, don't come back again. And since that time, he has never been sick one day. He was the smartest in class throughout his lifetime. He was the best in sport in school throughout his lifetime. He talks like an adult. He reason like an adult. He cancels like an adult. He was not just my son. He was my friend. He was my confidant. But when he got into that situation after 15 years, you know what? I forgot that we were only supposed to have him for three days. And God gave him to us for 15 years. see? So, when God told me that, but you are not supposed to have him more than three days. You've had him for 15 years. I realized that instead of looking at the empty half of the cup, I should look at the full half half of the cup. It's very easy to say why will he go in 15 years when he could have lived 80 years? But I choose to now see. Now He left, he lived for 15 years instead of three days. And then the oil of worship rose up again inside of me. Is somebody following me? It's one of the reasons why we are not able to worship God in spirit is And in truth, it's because we look at the half-empty portion of the cup and not the half-full portion of the cup. Then the second statement the Lord made to me said, you are not the only stakeholder in this matter. I was a stakeholder and I wanted him back at all cost. Forgetting that he himself is the stakeholder in the matter of his life. And he's in a dimension of glory that he cannot compare anything with. And also God is a stakeholder in this matter. You see, a whole lot of times we look at things from our own perspective alone and not from the perspective of other stakeholders. So that's, that's why I brought this scripture to you this morning. The elders, the 24 elders in heaven, look at what they said. They said, for true and righteous are your judgments. That's verse 2. No matter what position God takes on any issue, his position is true and righteous. And in the course of the week, God began to speak to me from different scriptures. Somebody came and said, oh, I'm so sorry, Pastor Mike. You know, God give it. God take it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Holy Spirit said to me, I don't take to cause harm. I don't take what I give. See, because that theology is from the book of Job. In fact, if you look at it, Job was even condemned. Job was told that you spoke out of knowledge. The Holy Spirit told me, God does not take what he gives. His calling and his gifting is without repentance. If you look at the story of Job, God only told Job, Satan, have you seen Job? It was Satan that suggested to God, I know Job is not just serving you in vain. It's because you've put in a hedge around him. Just stretch your hand, God, and touch him and see. But God does not stretch his hand to touch his children in evil. So he told Satan, I've given him everything he has, I've given him to you. You are the one that touches. But his life, I did not give to you. Now, God does not cause us pain. If any pain comes, though, it's because he allowed it. But he's not the author of it. But whatever pain he allowed is for a good purpose. Because at the end of the day, it was proven that Job did not love God because of what he had. At the end of the day, it was proven that Job had double of what he lost. At the end of the day, it was proven that the end of Job was better than his beginning. Now, look at it. You know, Jesus said to Peter one day, he said, Peter, Satan has taken another version said, Satan has taken permission to sift you like a wheat. And Jesus did not say, I have prayed so that that will not happen. He said, I have prayed so that your faith will not fail. With me, Jesus permitted that to happen. And he told us the reason why he permitted it. He told Peter, he said, by the time you are converted, you will convert your other people. Jesus allowed Peter to go through that so that Peter would become an instrument of conversion when the devil goes to sift the other people. Am I making sense to somebody? What Jesus himself went through could have been prevented. He could just stay in heaven and just say, "everybody, every man that believes in me, you are saved. But he prayed, Lord, is it possible for this cup to pass me over? And it was not permitted. Why? Because so that you and I can have access to the eternal glory of God. Listen to me when you can come to terms with the fact that whatever position God takes on any issue is true and righteous. You will be able to worship him in truth and in spirit. If anybody had told me before this incident that my son Daniel will die and I will be alive, I would say it's not true. If anybody has told me. But because God helped me to see that whatever position he takes on an issue is true and righteous, my ability to worship him in truth and in spirit never shifted. And once you are able to maintain that position, no matter what comes your way, you will come out triumphant. No matter what battle you face, you will come out triumphant. Is somebody following me? It does not matter what you have gone through. You are not the only stakeholder in that matter. It does not matter what you have gone through. Trust me. That was the best decision for you when all the pictures are put together. Because in the school of worship, I will share this and then we'll worship and I will pray. In the school of worship, there is a protocol that must be followed. There are, there are laws that guides the realm of the spirit. If you look at the book of 2 Chronicles from chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, you will see when Solomon f- finished building the temple. You understand? The Bible says that they brought sacrifice. The Bible says without number oxen goats, sheep and all of that without number and they sacrificed sacrificed it unto the Lord and then Solomon Solomon began to make pronouncement that God when the children of Israel faces this place from any part of the world and pray unto you please answer them the Bible says by the time he finished fire came and consumed the sacrifice and then the glory of the Lord entered the tabernacle that even the priest could no longer minister. It's a protocol. It's a spiritual you know, a protocol that must not be broken. But Paul came to tell you and I that we should render our bodies a living sacrifice. In the school of worship it is sacrifice first before the glory of the Father. Is that making sense? You cannot worship in truth and in spirit without an acceptable sacrifice, holy and acceptable. And the sacrifice we are talking about here is your body, yourself. So, when you get into the place of worship with God, before the song itself, before the music itself, before the strings of instruments and all of that of worship unto the Lord, it is you as a living sacrifice first that must be acceptable. Is somebody hearing me? What makes you as a living sacrifice unacceptable to God is the is state of your heart. Yes, yes. When the devil convinces you that God doesn't love you and you agree. When the devil convinces you that God took it away from you, God caused you this pain. And the devil begins to tell you, it's because you didn't do this. It's because you didn't do that. You are not good enough. God is not fair to you. Look at the number of years you've been serving him. Look at your role in the church. And so on and so forth. And he still allowed this to happen to you. Why will he allow this allow this to, to happen to you? God, why me? Why that? The moment that encumbered your heart, the environment of God is stiffened. No matter the song and the instrument of worship that comes from you, will have no meaning. The glory of God cannot fill you. Very important. It is sacrifice first before the glory. A fire must come and consume sacrifice. When a sacrifice is consumed, the sacrifice does not remain the same. If you put a sacrifice on the altar and it is consumed by fire, it changes. It becomes maybe an ash or whatever form. It's not the way it got there. You cannot go into worship and come out the same. Then fire has not consumed you. Something must change in you. Something must be consumed there. Something must be burnt off there that is not supposed to be part of you. And you come out refined. That is why that is why Job said, he said though he's slaying, he said, Bet I will not reject him. He said, I may go through fire, but I will come out as gold on the other side. There is a fire that comes to consume the sacrifice in the school of worship for the glory to fall. So when you get into the place of worship, you know, surrender yourself to God as a living sacrifice. Be true, be open and be honest with him. Lord, I'm hurting I don't understand this. Before I worship you, help me in this area. Explain this to me. Why is this? I want to understand because I want to worship you in truth and in spirit. I know you are good. You are great. You are trustworthy. You are reliable. You are dependable. But please explain this to me that I may understand. Am I making sense to you? There are certain questions I ask God. And when he answers me by his spirit, oh the peace that passeth all understanding will fill my heart again. So in the place of worship, understand the protocol. Because once you can follow the protocol and you get a response from God on the altar of worship, nothing can stand on your way. Nothing can block you. I mean, apostle can tell you some of the things we are going through in the past three, four, five years in other areas of life. It takes only God to go. It takes only God. And when the testimony will be ripe, everyone will know that this is only God. It takes worship to fight and win such a battle. I want us to lift up, our, I mean, I want us to rise up this morning. I want you to present yourself as the living sacrifice on the altar of worship this morning and try to make yourself acceptable enough because as I stepped on this altar this morning, the Holy Spirit opened my understanding as I was speaking to you to see few of us that are angry at God for situation and circumstances we have gone through. Even when I was sharing my experience, for some of us, there's still a dimension of anger against God that was still being stared inside of you because you still don't understand why God should allow those things to happen to you. And you, you couldn't even place my experience with yours. You are still saying it's a different, this, his, his case is different from mine. If you can get rid of that this morning and make yourself a living sacrifice, acceptable unto God. You will see the glory of God coming upon your life. And what has not been enough will become more than enough. If there is any question you have that you don't understand about your spiritual walk with God, I want you to sincerely place it before the altar of worship and ask God, Lord, explain this to me. I don't understand this. This is one of the reasons why I can't go into deep worship with you because I don't understand why this is this and that is that. Trust me, when the Bible talks about the peace of God that passeth all understanding. It is unexplainable that my, my, my most loved son, my last son, my 15 year old who everybody knows that he's the apple of my eye. It is unexplainable that he will die and I will have joy inside of me. I'm not pretending about it. I'm not pretending about the joy that I have inside. I'm not pretending about the peace that I have inside. It is real. It is genuine. Because there is a comforting ministry of the Holy Spirit that I have received on the altar of worship. Worship that is true. Worship that is in the spirit. It is not, it is unexplainable. My other sons, they were afraid for my life when they had, because they knew what he meant to me. But there is a peace that passeth all understanding.
1: There
0: is a peace, and God is releasing that peace this morning. If you can clear your heart, the heart the wound the injury that has been on your heart against God or against fellow human beings if you will let it go this morning and let your body that is a living sacrifice unto God let it be cleansed and let it become an, an acceptable sacrifice That will worship God in truth and in spirit. Because for 2 or 3 minutes we are going to worship God this morning. But let that sacrifice on the altar be acceptable. I want you to talk to God. About the state of your heart. About the heart you have. About the confusion that is on your mind. About the unforgiveness that is on your heart. Against God or against man. It is first of all the sacrifice before the fire. And the sacrifice must be acceptable and holy. It's first of all the sacrifice. I want you to clear, you know, the Bible talks about vessels of gold, vessels of silver, of wood, and of hay. And he said, if the former will be cleansed, they will become also vessels of gold. Talk to God this morning, about the state of your heart and ask him to help you ask him to answer your question surrender yourself unto him tell him i yield to you absolutely this morning as a living sacrifice i'm presenting myself unto you those of us online let's do the same those of us those of you watching me from any part of the world just do the same. Just surrender yourself unto the the Lord as a living sacrifice. It is sacrifice first before the fire and the glory. There is a dimension of the glory of God that will come upon your life in this service this morning. Talk to God about the state of your mind. What is it that is standing between you and true worship in spirit and in truth. Talk to God about it. All the questions, why me? Why now? Why not this? Why not that? Speak to God about it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, help our heart this morning, oh God. Spirit of the living God, minister to our heart. Give answers to questions. Give explanations, O God, to confusions. Speak peace. Speak joy. Speak healing to our heart that we may become a living sacrifice that is acceptable unto you as we approach the altar of worship this morning thank you our heavenly father just lift up your two hands and just begin to worship God choir can you just give us a worship song for one or two minutes I want you to worship God in in truth and in spirit for one or two seconds
1: I live I
0: live to worship you not because of what he has done not because of what you want him to do. But because of who to he is. You, I live. A dimension of his presence to will come upon you. Just focus on him. Oh. You listen? To worship you I live
1: to worship you I live I live to worship Eu glória a
0: In truth and in spirit, we give you glory, Lord. We give
1: you, you glory,
0: Lord. There's a dimension of the and presence of God
1: that
0: is coming you upon your life right wonderful. now. You are wonderful. You
1: are worthy. You are worthy, Lord. You are wonderful. You are wonderful, you are you are worthy, you oh, you are worthy, you are you are worthy, you are you are worthy, you are you are wonderful. You are wonderful. One more time. You, are, you, you are, are wonderful. You are wonderful. You are wonderful. You, you, you are wonderful. You are wonderful. Yahweh You are Yahweh You are Yahweh Worship You are Yahweh Abba Omega You are Yahweh You are Yahweh Abba Omega you are Yahweh, you are Yahweh, you are, you are Yahweh, you are Yahweh, you are Yahweh, you are Yahweh. you are Yahweh, you are Yahweh, you are Yahweh, I forgot. You are, you are Yahweh, 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 Abba, no man, you are Yahweh, you are Yahweh.
0: listening to me, I had a voice of the Lord. And the Lord says, there is a purpose for all that has happened. There is a purpose for all that I have permitted in your life. And as you continue worshiping me in truth and in spirit the seed of that purpose will germinate I have said this to you before and I'm confirming it to you again today that the seed of that purpose will germinate and begin to grow and bring forth fruit for every eye to see for everyone to partake of. There is a purpose for all you have gone through. There is a reason for everything I permitted. Continue with me on the altar of worship. Say yet the spirit of the living God. I declare over you this morning That the truth and the righteousness in the position of God from this day forward it will begin to manifest for every eye to see. The truth and the righteousness of God in your life and situation will begin to manifest from this day forward. Everybody taught What you have gone through Is not of God Everybody thought What you have gone through Is a reward of unrighteousness But God asked me to tell you That the truth and the righteousness That is in what you have gone through Will begin to manifest As from this money There is somebody online watching me. You are getting ready to give up on God. Because of what people have said. And they have called you names and they have asked you, where is your God? As a prophet of God, I'm asked to say to you this morning. That the truth about that position and the righteousness of that position will begin to manifest forth in the eyes of everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the message brought to you by Overcomers Christian Fellowship. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider partnering with the ministry? Your financial contribution will go towards furthering the gospel here in the United States and abroad. Overcomers Christian Fellowship greatly appreciates your contribution and pray that it is met a hundredfold. May God's countenance shine upon you and his hand be steadily upon your life. You can connect with the ministry through our website at www.ocfinternational.org.